Welcome into the New Orleans Saints podcast for Monday, August 3rd. I am Caroline Gonzalez, and on today's show, we have a special guest, Mike Haas, who is a communications coordinator at ASM Global. And the reason we have him on, not only is he just a great person, but he is coming on because it is the 45th anniversary of the Superdome opening, and Mike Haas works directly in the Superdome. Mike, first of all, how are you? I am fine. Thank you very much. Thanks for having me on. I'm in the Superdome right now. This is my office. And so, yeah, 45 years ago, uh, some of the some things haven't changed. Some things have changed a lot. So, uh, you know, certainly several renovations and in a renovation right now. So 45 years, uh, really 50 years ago it, during this time is when they were planning it, you know, mm -hmm. doing the studies. And, and so, it's been 50 years of really kind of in the planning stages and getting the bond uh, approval. So it's been, it's been interesting. It's funny because whenever you look at a map of new Orleans, that's almost like the first thing that you pick out. At least I know I do not being from here. I'm like, okay, I'm trying to get my lay of the land. There's a Superdome. Okay. This is where everything else is. Well, um, so my it is your view. If you come in from the West, if you're coming in from the West bank, if you're coming in from the East, it is, you know, it's, it's our, it's our skyline and it's the, it's yep. the the iconic symbol that it is. Absolutely. Um, Mike, for those of us who don't know, of course, you and I did the Saints postgame show together for the last two seasons, so I know you pretty well. But for the audience who doesn't know your history and what you've done in New Orleans, can you give us a little background? Sure. Uh, I arrived here in February of 1989, long before you were born. <laughs> and um, you know, I, I was in television. I started working for Channel 4, WWL, and sports anchor. I'd never been here before. I, I'm from Virginia originally, went to James Madison University there, um, and then started in television, worked in Oklahoma, was in Lubbock, Texas, and then there was a job opening here. And I was like, sure, sounds good. You know, my <laughs> goal at the time was to get back to the Washington, D.C. area where I'm from, and uh, said, well, you know, I'll go spend a couple of years in New Orleans. I spent a couple of years in Lubbock. And uh, that was, you know, 30 plus years ago. Uh, and so just uh, fell in love with it. Spent 20, really almost 30 years, you know, doing stories for Channel 4, uh, sports anchor, then it moved over to news. And then I left in 2017 and started a video production company called Haas Communications. Still have that technically, but now I work here in the Dome uh, as their communications coordinator. So uh, a, lot of, a lot of traveling early on, but this has been uh, home now, so it's great. Home sweet Dome. Uh, Mike, what was your first time being in the Superdome? Were you on an assignment or was it just you went to a game? What was it? It was, it was uh, the, the very first, when I, when I got here in that 89 season, uh, States played Seattle. And it was just a, they won their very, the, the first game of that year. That was my first time, you know, in the dome, in the press box. Never been in here before, just, you know, still the press box then wasn't where it is now. It was down to the 300 suite level. So we had best seats in the house. I mean, you know, and so uh, it was, uh, it was just a really fun time for me. I was, I was a kid. I was 25 and I was just, hey. You know, I, well, I was a kid, you know, you know, and just, and, you know, came down here and, and channel four was, I uh, worked with Jim Henderson, we had a great sports staff. It was, uh, I was the weekend anchor and it was, uh, it was just a blast, you know, and, and really I was not here obviously for the, the very first 
big moment uh, for this team in 87 when, you know, that their first playoff run lost to the Vikings then, but then in 89, uh, you know, they, they, they won the NFC West in 91. They were really a good football team in the late 80s and early 90s. The problem was they were in the NFC West with the San Francisco 49ers. So they would go, I mean, in 91 or 92, they go 12 and four and they don't win the division. Right. The Niners were 14 and two. And so, I mean, it was, a, so in 88, they went 10 and six and missed the playoffs. So they were, they were a good team at a bad time back in the you know, late eighties, early nineties. Yeah. We just did a, I just wrapped up a Saints training camp um, series on those years and it was fun to see all the details and talk to different coaches and personnel and things like that. But Mike, as someone who lives somewhere else and then came to New Orleans to work, um, when you stepped into that dome, obviously you've been through playoff, the first playoff atmosphere. Was that culture of, of the Saints nation just always there as soon as you walked into the dome? Yeah, you really, you felt it and not as much in, in the regular season because, you know, they've been around for a long time, yeah. you know, as a football team, but when the playoff atmosphere, that was different. And they did really struggled. You know, it's kind of, you know, it was tough. Lost to the Vikings in their, their very first home playoff game. Then they lost to the Falcons in the, when the, the year they won the division in 91. The next year they lost to the Eagles at home. And so, but that atmosphere then, because it was all new, it was all first. We were looking for that first playoff win. And this was, we were home and it was going to be the time. And, you know, you really kind of felt it, the energy change so much during those games. But even then, nothing like it is now. Like I've seen the Saints play from every vantage point. So for, you know, until 2006, I'd been a sports anchor and a news anchor. So I was in the press box. I would wear a suit to the game and just sit there. And then in 2006, I became a season ticket holder. I was a news anchor, so I had my weekends off. So I was a, I was a fan for the first time in 2006. So my very first ever Saints game, Monday night against the Atlanta Falcons. When <laughs> Post-Katrina. So that was a pretty cool start. And then, you know, working in the last three years on the field as part of the entertainment team has just been another wild uh, event. So, but I really felt that the, this community when I was a fan, when you're up in the seats and, and you're with, the same people every week. That was the most unique time of community. And again, 2006, you know, post Katrina, and we were everybody. We would not have survived COVID had that happened in 2006 because there were everybody was hugging everybody, stranger, <laughs> didn't matter, you know. And you know, there's a ton of things that I kind of jotted down of special moments, but nothing, you know, nothing will top that the opening in 2006 and then the Gleason Bach punt. It was just a, it was a release. I mean, I've answered the question a hundred times and it's the same answer. It's like, I've never been anywhere with such a raw feeling. It was just raw and people exhaled for the first time in 365 days. And uh, it was, uh, you know, I get goosebumps talking about it still. So, it was, you know, and then we kind of, we've kind of gotten spoiled 
you know, really when you think about it. Because I, I became a season ticket holder in 2006, and I'm like, so this franchise only had one playoff win, you know, until 2006. And then they go to the NFC Championship game, my first year as a fan. We have Sean Payton, Drew Brees, playoff wins and all of this stuff. I'm like, what's everybody talking about this team not being good? This team's great. They did nothing but win. So it's uh, – it's it's been a wild ride. My very first playoff game was on New Year's Eve, nineteen ninety. The Saints are the last game of the season. They are seven and eight, but Morton Anderson on a Monday night kicks them into the playoffs with a last second field goal. They finish eight and eight. So this is New Year's Eve in New Orleans, and the Saints just made the playoffs. So we are out literally all night, all night. I roll back into my apartment the next morning to a phone message. Yes, they had phone messages. Uh, <laughs> a, a recording. That what said, is that? Is that yeah, a telegram? Is that? Are those the same be things? On a, be on a plane in four hours, you're going to Chicago to cover, you know, to, for, the, for the week of the playoffs. And I was like, oh my gosh. So that moment though, even though there were eight and eight was, was, was huge. I mean, it was just a, it was just a cool thing, you know. They lost to the Bears the next week. Really, weren't a bad team, but I mean, New Year's Eve, man, that was. I, Morton and I talk about it all the time. It's, it was just a cool, a cool event. Mike, I feel like I can listen to these stories forever. I do want to talk a little bit more about the Rebirth game, but before we talk about the Rebirth, obviously, what comes with the Superdome comes its past and what happened with Katrina and things like that. Uh, you had lived in New Orleans for several years, obviously, at that point. Um, what do you remember about seeing what the Dome went through during Katrina? Not just the Dome, but the community and just how it, it brought people together, but it also, in a sense, kind of, you know, broke people down, broke people down to their very core, you know? It did. It was, it was a complete city do-over, you know, a second chance, now, you know, at the time. So we were the only television station that actually stayed. We stayed in town on the air um, and we would toss the Baton Rouge uh, when, when the storm got too close on that Sunday, the 28th, we were on the air. I was on the air until like 11 o'clock when we threw it to Baton Rouge. So our coverage continued. And so our uh, evacuation hotel was the Hyatt, right here next to the dome. So at the, at the time, people, what they, they called it vertical evacuation. You evacuated up. Now, remember, this, this, we'd, we'd had hurricanes in 98. We'd had, you know, several hurricanes, but they kind of came and, People would come to the Superdome or we'd go to work for a couple of days and then the storm would pass and, you know, things would get back to normal. Well, obviously this one, it didn't. And so we, when we got to the Hyatt that night, they put us in the ballrooms. I like, what are we doing? Why do we evacuate here? And then as soon as we get here, they evacuate us to the ballrooms. And I'll have to show you a picture, but the reason why is because the storm sucked out all the glass of all the rooms in the behind moving up. All you see are draperies and things hanging out. So it was a brilliant move to move us to, the, to, to these ballrooms. So early on Monday, August 29th, 2005, like eight o'clock in the morning, which by the way is my birthday, Katrina, August 29th. What we, a day. Yeah, I know. Uh, 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 Brian, a photographer, and I head out. We're gonna go 
to the station to see if we can, if you know, what was happening. We didn't, we didn't know anything at the time. We knew nothing about levees breaking anything. So we get out, we're parked in the champion's garage, you know, right next to the Smoothie King Center. Um, and we get out, we wade in the water, we get to the van, and we're on like the fifth level. And that's when I see the dome. And from that, from that vantage point, it was where the biggest tear was. And the, the, the skin of the Superdome roof was just flapping in the air. And it was, you know, we got to the station, it was, we, we, we had power, it was, weren't underwater. We went about our lives, that was Monday. Monday night, slept on the floor uh, in, 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 the, uh, in the newsroom. Tuesday, we don't, it's hard to remember, people can't comprehend, there, there was no communication. We had levees broken in the city, we didn't know. Couldn't get there, couldn't get there because of flooding, didn't know there, so we're just sleeping on the floor. And you know, but meanwhile, the city is, is filling up and it took a month just to unfill the city. So it was, I mean, you know, I'll never forget that time. My family was in Jackson, Mississippi, where they evacuated, and we were here uh, until Wednesday. Then we, we left Wednesday and went to Baton Rouge, but stayed on the air the entire time. Uh, and it was just, you know, like you say, it was, it brought everybody closer together. They came back, um, but everybody did soul searching during that time. Everyone went, what are we, what, no schools? What are we, what are we gonna do? No, you know, no, no power, no groceries. No, you just got used to it. I mean, you'd go into a McDonald's line in the car and then somebody would walk up, go, sorry, we're shutting down. Uh, the next shift of workers, you know, didn't come. You just, nothing in the grocery stores. And, it, and so my wife and I had the discussion like, well, gosh, what, God, we, do we want to be a part of this? Are we going to be a part of this complete rebuild? It'll probably take 10 years. And we said, well, gosh, how can we not, you know, how can we not be a part of it? And obviously best decision we ever made. And now, you know, the 29th, which would have been a Saints preseason game against Houston, where many people evacuated too. It was our sister city at that time with the storm. We were going to play Houston on what would have been the 15th anniversary of Katrina, which is coming up. So, yeah. you know, we, I, we lived west of the city and did, had some damage, but nothing like, you know, most of the city. But it was it's hard to believe it's been 15 years, really. It really is hard to believe it's been 15 years. Yeah. Interesting, um, tough times. Yeah, I can remember I was 10, 11 at the time, and I can remember seeing the images of the dome on the news because, you know, my parents, I wasn't sheltered, but that was a very like hard thing that they were showing on the news. And so my parents didn't necessarily want me to see all of it. So um, the images that I do remember seeing were of the dome, uh, much like you, my mom, the patron saint that she is, um, you know, was like, how can we not help people? So I remember we had people in our house from New Orleans and, you know, we went to the convention center. So I just remember the dome being like a pinnacle of my memory of what happened. And I can imagine it's it's like that for a lot of people, unfortunately. Do you remember the anticipation you felt, Mike, um, getting ready to go to that rebirth game? We just we just watched it at the beginning of this pandemic on Monday Night Football. That was my first time seeing the, the TV broadcast, seeing the full game. Obviously, I've seen highlights, but um, just hearing the roar of the crowd like you talked about and you get chills talking about it. Do you remember just the anticipation of, okay, I have my ticket and we're going back into the Dome? Right. Well, there was 
a couple things. First off, what people often not forget, don't talk about, was that the Saints were 2-0. and You know, played all the preseason on the road. Then they played their first two games on the road at Cleveland in one of the ugliest football games ever. But yet they won, you know, and it was like they, then they went to Green Bay and were down like 26-7. to It was unbelievable. A blowout. And they come back and beat the Packers. So they, they're coming here 2-0 and for their, for their first game. So, you know, obviously Champion Square didn't exist yet, but that's – even though we had come from the West, we would normally go in gates G, H, or F, something like that. But that's where everybody was in, the, in that area of where Champion Square is now. And you could not – that's where they unfurled. You know, the, the dome is open. And I'm saying I've never been – in a more crowded situation than that. 70,000 people, you know, all standing in one spot waiting to go in. And it took us, I mean, that moment of, of, of you know, again, beyond the Gleason block punt, that moment of just standing there with everybody, you know, felt normal. And mm-hmm. nothing had felt normal in a year, nothing. And nothing would feel normal for the next several years. But that was so cool. And I, I watched the game like you did, you know, recently at the beginning of the pandemic, and I had forgotten. And I'd had this conversation that, you know, the Falcons fumbled on third down. And it was almost recovered by the Saints. It would have been their ball. Imagine. You know, <laughs> and I'm like, gosh, you know, Vic fumbled, and it was almost – I was like, wow, what, that would have changed history, mm-hmm. you know. And so uh, that season helped a lot. I mean, playoff win, uh, going to Chicago all the way to the NFC Championship game and really should have won that game. Uh, it, that, that season helped a lot. It wasn't just that one game, but that season uh, in 2006 uh, helped a lot. Um, Mike, I know you wrote down some of your favorite memories from being in the Dome and so or just in the Dome in general for the 45th anniversary. So I want to kind of do like a back and forth if we can, because obviously you're going to have much more, excuse me, memory uh, than I will and much more important events than I have in the last three years working for the Saints. Um, But how many do you have written down? I have like four or five, just mostly the highlights. I mean, you know. You know, most of it's Saints-related. I mean, I saw the Rolling Stones here back in 91, 90, whatever. whatever. Like the the 15th time they retired. (laughs) You know, I thought they were going to retire then. I'm like, it's 20 years later, I'm still doing it. So, yeah, I've mentioned Morton, you know, the first Minnesota game, the loss to the Falcons. Wait, 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 wait. You can't go yet. We're going to do it in order. I've already talked about Okay. All right. Well, give me your first one, Your, your most memorable Saints memory. In the Superdome. And it then would, I'll go. It would. He's looking at his list, folks. This well, is bad audio. <laughs> my, the, most, the most memorable one is actually my, it's my worst memory. And so it's, it's. I know it's, that. Uh, I think, I think we're thinking the same thing. So I don't. I, so the 2009 season, uh, you know, NFC championship game, you know, obviously, again, I'm a fan, but that game, the station channel four decided to do a post game show. So, and I'm hosting it. So two minutes to go in a game, I go down to 
get ready for the post-game show. So I'm underneath the stands, you know, the area across from the Saints locker room. Underneath the stands, there's TVs there. And so over time, Saints got the ball to drive in. And so Garrett Hartley's on the field. The producer calls me. I turn my back to talk to the producer because we're getting ready to start the show. And Garrett Hartley kicks the field goal to send the Saints in their greatest <laughs> moment ever into the Super Bowl. And not only do I miss it on the television, I missed it. I had to, like, I just hear the crowd go absolutely berserk. I turned around and went, oh, dear gosh. The biggest moment in this, you know, franchise. And I had my back turned talking to a producer. I will admit that two weeks later, I made up for it because I was in the corner of the end zone when Tracy Porter picked off the pass. There you go. Literally ran. I thought, I thought he was pointing at me personally. <laughs> that you know corner of the end zone and I'm, I've actually started to walk onto the field uh, and, a, and an usher pulled me back by my media I don't know where I was going it was an out-of-body experience literally out of body my feet were moving I, I was on the field I was in the corner of the end zone so that, that usher you know saved me but that's so my, my bet that, that is the, the greatest I mean all the other playoff wins were huge you know and in that, in that season, that 09 season, because they played so well. I mean, gosh, 13 and 0. So that 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 season, and then to come back and really win that first playoff game was at the the Phoenix, Arizona. I mean, so uh, but the, the biggest thing when they when they made it to the Super Bowl, I missed. <laughs> All right, uh, I'm gonna go now. My my. Uh, most memorable memory that is a good one was the Drew Brees surpassing the NFL all-time passing leader record the Monday night football game against the Washington Redskins I remember just sitting up in the press box freezing and you know of course we're we work for the Saints so we have a bunch of content to get out and I'm just like behind my computer screen just like looking at the screen typing like trying to take in the moment and I can remember uh he walked over to go hug Brittany and Mrs. Benson and I like looked up for a second and I just like chills all over my body I was like this is I am witness witnessing like the peak of sports greatness like this is actually happening um and you could tell and obviously we work with great people so uh just looking around and seeing everyone else kind of take in that moment was was really fun all right number two number two we, we've also become immune to drew as well yeah we've, we've, his records we go ah oh, yeah great i mean we've, right. we've made this, we're so spoiled you know we're right. just like oh yeah you know Another record. It's fine. The first quarterback to throw 40 touchdowns can back to back years, you know, so it's just, it's just, they go on and on. Uh, so obviously the first playoff win, 2000, Jim Hazlitt was the coach. And so it, this is after the Mike Ditka years. So the Saints are playing the Rams. We have a lot of Rams, you know, the Ram the Rams are in our history. Yeah. Morton Anderson beat the Rams. Rams playoff game here. The loss to the Rams, you know, and, and the, NFC championship game, which I'll never, ever, ever get over. <laughs> so the weird part is, so the Saints played the Rams the final game of the season that year. And so they lost, but they had a better division record at 10 and six. So they won the division. So the Rams come back to the dome the very next week, first round of the playoffs. So the Saints are up, what's the score? 31 to seven, 31 to seven with 12 minutes to play. Game's over. I mean, we're writing. We're, we're already. We're not typing on our laptops, by the way. We were writing right. our stories with the pen. 
pen and paper, uh, chalk and a blackboard. And what so, are you trying to say? <laughs> but, but I'm old. So the Rams come back. So the Saints are up 31-7 with 12 minutes to play. With two minutes to play, it was 31-28, and the Saints were punting. I mean, that's 10, 10 minutes of football. Yeah. I and mean, that was the Rams, you know, greatest show on turf, you know. But so they come back, and it's the punt, you know, Jim Henderson's classic call, uh, Zaheer Hakeem. Hakeem drops the ball. Hakeem drops the ball. And, uh, and you know, Brian Milne, you know, there's a lot of great heroes out there. Brian Milne was the guy, just was there at the right time and recovered the football. And the Saints, I mean, that's probably the most excitement I've ever shown on a football field. Because, again, we were doing a postgame show. So we were down there on the field when it happened and, you know, broke all the rules of cheering and all that stuff. It was just, I mean, it was getting that first playoff win in 2000, you know, I think of this franchise from, you know, 67 and 77 and the more years where they were good, but just couldn't get a playoff win. And mm -hmm. man, just, that was another. <sighs> right. <laughs> that, that, that was a big one. Uh, okay, my second one, it means more to me than I'm sure it, it will to a lot of people, but the wild card game in 2017 against the Carolina Panthers uh, before the, the Saints went on to go take on the Minnesota Vikings on the road. But uh, that first playoff game for me working for the team was, was really exciting. It was just fun to see everything come together. And uh, being in the press box, you know, no cheering. I'm pretty sure Doug, my boss, has told me a million times, don't cheer. But I think that one got a little bit away from me. But, uh, yeah, I think that one was number two. That All was right. so they played, didn't, and they had to do the same thing like the Rams. And they just played Carolina the week yep. before. Yep. You know, and, yep. And, and as usual, the game meant nothing to Saints. So right. Right. I didn't play, or all right, so it's weird. All right, all right, next one's a weird one. You, you might not remember. You, this 1999 Halloween. So it's Saints and the Cleveland Browns. The yeah. Cleveland Browns are 0 and 7. They're horrible. <laughs> so Saints are up 16-14 with 21 seconds to play. They just kicked a field goal. Doug Bryan kicked a field goal. 21 seconds to play. They kick off to the Browns. They're up 16-14. Browns go pass, pass, and then a 56. So I'm on the field again. Again, game's over. We're under the two-minute warning. So it's Mike Ditka's the coach. He's in his third year. And so I'm no more than 10 feet from Ditka, just the way it happened, because they were going towards the Saints locker room. So Ditka's on that, that side of the field. So last play of the game, you know, three seconds left. Tim Cowles rolls up to his right. He lost the ball up. Mike Ditka starts walking on the field. He knows the Saints are going to knock it down, game over. He's 10 yards on the field. We all are. There's media. And so Kevin Johnson, 56 yards, through every Saints defender known to man, catches the ball. And I'm at arm's length from Mike Ditka, who face plants, literally just falls on the ground, face on the ground, just cannot believe it. And I mean, I was just like, we were, so the Saints fell to one and six, the Browns get their first win. And that was, that was really, that was the end of my, 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 my kid. Yeah. I mean, just watching that man just fall to the ground on his face was incredible. Oof. 
Um, all right, my last one for the Superdome. Uh, it's not Saints related, but we are doing Superdome uh, memories is the Jay-Z and Beyonce concert because I don't really go to concerts. That's not really my thing. Um, not like a huge, I guess, music festival or concert person, but I ended up winning concert, concert tickets to that. I got to go in a suite. And so, uh, you know, everyone talks about how Beyonce is one of those people like Michael Jackson, like you have to see them perform because they're a performer and it's more about the performance and the music and whatever. And I just remember being in my seat, like mesmerized, like what is going on? And just the passion and, and everything inside the dome. That was, that was definitely fun. Concerts, I'm, I'm kind of the same way. I never know what to do. Right. Concert. I don't know what, what I, what do you do? Do you shoot? <laughs> right. Do you stand? Do you sit? It's just weird. I, I'm not, I love, you know, I, I just, I'm not a huge concert. But when we saw the Rolling Stones, it was kind of the same thing. Like, you just got to go, it's the Stones. They, right. They never play again. We were wrong, of course, but uh, we didn't know it at the time. So it's this building, you know, 45 years. And we're in a, the first year of a renovation that is going to allow this building really an, a complete second life. You know, most yeah. buildings last 30 years. You know, that's about because that's generally how long it takes you to pay them off. That's the generally your for a 30 year lease. And so the most buildings and, you know, so our 30 years was Katrina it was 2005. That was our 30 years. So that renovation to bring this building back amazing to get it done in that time frame. So now we're 15 years post that. And now we're in this renovation that will again make this building competitive for uh, conventions and all the events that happen here for the next 25 to 30 years. And so, you know, the, the men who designed this building, the architects, uh, Buster Davis and, uh, you know, Dave Dixon, geniuses beyond their years to be able to, to do and have this building not become obsolete. Look at, the, look at the domes that are gone, Detroit, Seattle, Houston, all those domes that came, you know, and when they built the Superdome starting in 71 to 75, there was only one other building dome around Houston. Right. So you, had all yeah. these other, you could say, let's do this like this and this like this. And they were light years ahead, you know, to build this building and now to be able to renovate this building 45 years later, take out what will eventually be the east and west ramps and create 80,000 square feet of new space, make this building as cool as any of the buildings that are being built in Dallas and Atlanta and everywhere else, it's gonna be a treat. Now it's gonna be a process. Mm -hmm. oh, don't expect to see it when you come to the building in September or whenever, right. you know. It's a, it's a four year renovation, you know, we're, we're early on. Mm -hmm. So, but when it's done, it is gonna be really cool. And I'm looking forward to it. It's been, it's been a blast to be a part of that. I am too, Mike. Well, that'll do it for us. Mike, I appreciate you. Thanks so much for joining me. You too, girl. Be safe and I'll talk to you soon. Always good to take a trip down memory lane, especially when it's with a guy like Mike Koss. All right, on NewOrleansSaints.com right now, you can take your own trip through memory lane with our photo gallery, Saints Through the Years, the Mercedes-Benz Superdome Edition. Uh, there is a bunch of pictures on there to celebrate the 45th anniversary. So go online to NewOrleansSaints.com or hey, if you haven't downloaded the Saints app, be sure to do that right now and you can view that photo gallery right on your phone. 
That'll do it for me and Mike Haas on today's edition of the New Orleans Saints podcast presented by SeatGeek. We hope you have a great start to your week, and we'll talk to you guys later in the week. Have a good one.